Welcome to episode number 164, Reactivated. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned into the Rotated Views podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe, Manny, Goose, and Danny. Reactivated. In this episode, we have special guest Danny Cuevas. We cover topics that range from being a corporate professional, motivation, choosing career paths, human potential, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Lance Armstrong and Coleman Young. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off, Danny. I think this is like your fourth time on here. It might be <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I usually don't say too much when I'm here, but I'm yeah, here yeah, today, yeah. baby. The quiet type. I like it. We appreciate that. Yes, um, you know. Perfect for podcasting. <laughs> 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 so tonight we need a little bit more, you know, a little volume oh, from I got you. you. you know yeah, what I mean? got you. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so thank you for joining us. Uh, for those of us who do not know who you are, uh, let us know who you are and what you do. So... I'm Danny Cuevas, um, Manny's brother, a little bit younger, much cooler in every way. Absolutely. Wow. So I put that right from, right from the a beginning. Stat. That's got to know. I agree. But uh, yeah, so uh, I like to say I'm a jack of all trades, trying to become a master of some of them. Nice. Uh, pretty much lifelong student, uh, nurse, uh, fitness professional, trying to make a difference in people's lives Yeah. Uh, through alternative means besides taking a pill as it pertains to medicine sure so you know all kinds of different uh, avenues to go through that but at this point in my career i'm just trying to focus on the nursing part because i've done the fitness part for a while and having multiple disciplines it's hard to focus on everything at once it's probably well it's better to just do everything at one particular subject at one time so right now it's all about nursing uh that's awesome so how did you get started in the industry was that something and you said lifelong uh, well, you know, uh, learner, so to speak, but you've legitimately been in college or in school for like almost a decade now. Yeah. So I've, I'm working on my third degree. So it's an interesting way I started out with nursing. So always wanted to go into nursing. So when I started nursing at my first school, IUP, that's Indiana University, Pennsylvania, <laughs> literally my first day in my first clinical, we started at six. At 6.30, someone pooped all over me, and it was lime green. Wow. We oh. call that a game changer. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so the green. And yeah. you're in love with the profession you choose. So literally, because I'm not a little guy, so I'm like, like 6'2", I'm like pretty lanky. I am in some, for lack of a better term, a very rural nursing home, which don't have a lot of supplies. Yeah. And they didn't have anything that fit me. So I sat naked in the room while they washed all my clothes because this guy had like a crazy <laughs> contagious disease called C. diff, oh, wow. which is like not cool to like pass around. Wow. So yeah, he pooped all over me. And then the next semester I changed my major. Okay. So that went to exercise science, <laughs> wow. but it was always in my heart. So after my long journey, I ended up going back to nursing as nice. uh, I guess an adult learner, so to speak. And when you say adult, how old? 
oh god uh, it was two years ago now i'm like 27 ish 26 when i started and you started this journey at what 18 yeah i literally not stopped going to school i'm currently in school right now to finish up my uh, rn to get my bs in so i'm in statistics right now so I've already passed it three times, but you know how the education system is. They want me to do it one more time. <laughs> Just to one make sure more go. Let's it. be yeah. sure about this guy. <laughs> one more time. Um, all right. So, so let's jump into the topics that you're really here for. So now we know you have a professional background. Um, I, I am very fascinated with the topic of human potential. And I'll tell you why. I genuinely feel, feel like... Um, there's areas in my life, I'm probably in, you know, your all's life as well, um, that you kind of maybe felt or people might have told you that, you know, you're almost put your limitations on you, right? Um, whereas it's like, go to school, do this, do that, da, da, da. Uh, but in your mind, there might have been that you wanted something more or you were cool with that. That's okay. In my mind, I wanted something more. Um, and I, I, a lot of times it was just, so I don't, I didn't know exactly what that was, but I felt like there was something else there. Almost like, you know, in video games, you go level one, level two. And there was, I felt like there was another level I needed to go into. And I felt like what was placed on me was like, no, you stay at level three. Uh, and in my mind, there was a level four. I don't know what that was. Um, and maybe I'm currently in it or going through it. I have no idea, but human potential uh, is very important to me, especially now that I have kids. Um, I'm trying to constantly talk growth um, and, and expansion into their minds, even though they're young. Um, you know, there's numerous studies shown that the first seven years of a, of a, of a little human's life are very um, impressionable, mm-hmm. and a lot of what is said to them during those you, you know those years. And my my uh, my oldest is five. Um, so I'm just constantly pouring love on him, saying, you know, positive things. Um, and I just want the best for him. I don't want limitations. And it was definitely not my parents. My parents always talked positive into me. It was more, um, you know, you know, other influences around me. Uh, with that being said, what is your take? Just a very general take on human potential. So with human potential, I mean, most people already see kind of what they want to do. And when it comes down to it, they go for it, but how hard are you going for it? So if you're just there to get a degree, like we'll just use college because I'm familiar with college. You just get the degree, but it doesn't necessarily mean you know what you're talking about in your field. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're living it. Mm-hmm. Like with a trade, if, well, Goose is a barber, yeah. he's living it. He's working with his hands every day. He's in it. He's watching other barbers. He's learning a couple things. You know, his skill set grows over time. Mm-hmm. But you got to want to do it, though. Because you can go to some barbershop where these guys are doing high and tight for 40 years and they're cool with that, which yeah, is fine. True. But they're not going to be become a better barber in that way. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the person. You can't teach some of that. Now, you can watch someone and then they can learn and observe. But as, as it pertains to potential, it really depends on the person and how they how much they want to attack the world, for lack of a better term. Like, mm-hmm. Very really, broad. It's very broad. Yeah. And I'll say this. The thing is with a lot of people, though, is... Even if you get the high and tight guy, right, his potential is there's still, I feel like there, he can still become better. Absolutely. Right. So I think human potential is one thing. The desire to reach what I'm talking about, level four or whatever it is, is a whole other beast. And I think you're kind of like in between there, what you're saying. So the way, the best way I can describe it is 
growth. We're all here to grow at some point, no matter what it is, either chronologically with age or within your profession, doesn't matter. I, in my heart, I hit puberty just now as it pertains to my profession. Mm-hmm. I grew so much since 18 years old and I learned so many different things. Now I'm kind of slowing down with my growth and how do I apply it all at this point? Because I have all this knowledge and now where does it go? Mm-hmm. So now I, I kind of got to get over the awkward stage of I know all this stuff. I've learned so much. Now where do I put it? Yeah. So like that's where I'm kind of going with now because I have the potential to do great things with the knowledge that I have and I sure paid for it. That's for sure mm-hmm. as it pertains to college. But what do I do with it? So the potential's there. Like you said, I just got to go for it. And for anyone, for you here, you have the potential to be national and everyone can know you. Yeah. You know, that's there for you because you're doing it. You're here right now. So there's all potential for everyone for sure there's there's a uh, there's a it's a fantastic show i love the show uh it's it's something my son watches but they gave they gave a great uh story uh it's called puppy dog pals right so this whole story so this whole cartoon is based off little puppies and they absolutely everyone knows dogs they call dogs you know man's best friend Mm. dogs are obsessed with their masters they want everything they want the best for their masters and so basically they give the perspective of a dog a puppy dog uh towards the world and it's it's super cute but there there was a um there was an episode where they had this little duck right that was born and it somehow became a stray duck and just the dogs took it in and this duck didn't know um or no, maybe it was an eagle. I'm sorry. It was an eagle that didn't know it was an eagle. It thought it was a duck. And so it was just following everything the ducks were doing. It just basically swim. And ducks can fly, but just, you know, they keep it at a minimum kind of thing. And this whole time, they kept telling him that he was an eagle. And he was just like, I don't know what that means. I'm a duck. My mom's a duck. Blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to tell him. He's like, no, you got lost along the way. And this mom duck took you in, so to speak. Um and so that's what I like to think of, something that basic of thinking of the potential. And all of a sudden, he jumps off of like a tree. You know, it's like the mm. classic story. You know, sure. we all seen this in many variations of it. He, he flies, and he's, he cannot believe it. And he's like, holy smokes, I am an eagle. I can fly. Look at me. I'm flying like 100 feet above the ducks are flying. And this whole time, I thought I was just a little duck. Here I am, an eagle. Look at the potential, right? Um, and I thought it was fantastic. It's great. But that in itself, it's almost like you. We put our own limitations, and then people put limitations on us. You know, if for the rest of that ducks or that eagle's life, if people call him duck, that boy thought he was a duck. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. Um, they say if you literally put a shark, you could put like a great white. I don't think it'll fit in your fish tank, but it, you could put a shark in your fish tank, and will not outgrow that fish tank. That same shark. You can put the average, I think average um, length of a shark is eight feet average, okay? You put it out in the ocean, that bad boy's going to grow to eight feet. But if you put him in a little four-foot tank, he's going to stay three and a half, four feet, right? Um, Because that's what his environment is. So I do think there's something, when we talk about human potential, there's something to be said about the environment. Um. And I don't know what specifically we have to do, you know, as parents. And I know there's a lot of, you know, information out there, but everybody's situation is different. Um, How you create that environment is really, honestly, like I always, like I said, the first seven years is massive uh, to a child's potential or or at least their mindset Mm -hmm. of what it could be. I'll never forget. My mom used to tell me 
all the time you can be whatever you want to be. Always told me that. Mm-hmm. I grew up very cocky kid. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. In all seriousness, I was, I was confident, though. It, it, it built my confidence in a time where um, I was in a system that was not building my confidence. So it was very important that my mom, and around that same time, around seven or eight years old, um, I, was in a, I was in a weird situation where I was part of the system that was not, let's just say, generating my mind to become a bigger potential or whatever, or growing that in some level. But at home, my mom, my, my parents were. Uh, so I do believe it, there's, there's a desire uh, by each individual. There's the potential. And I feel like people say, you know, there's a little exaggeration when someone says, oh, your potential is unlimited. I, I really d- generally don't think we know the full potential of a human. <clears throat> so going on that, like to piggyback about potential. So shout out to teachers because they're the people that are rearing everyone. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I know f- the exact moment when I took it serious, finally school. It was, I guess, sophomore year. I'm like going through the motions just enough to not be ineligible for sports. So, you know. High school? Yeah. So barely getting by. And my teacher's like, are you serious? She said, she pulled me off to the side and she said, sweetie, like, what is your plans in life? And I'm like, well, just go to college, you know, you know, do the cookie cutter. You know, I gave her that answer. What everyone does. She goes, do you see what you're doing here? There's nothing. Like, you're not going to do anything with this. She's like, you have so much potential, like the way you speak to people and the way how, how nice you are and you're personable and all this stuff. Like, why are you limiting yourself by not trying? Wow. Game changer. That next year, I got straight Boom. A's. I got a full ride to IUP for academics. And I, all I did was like try. And I wasn't even potential. That was just me trying. Yeah. And she saw that. So like with teachers, they see that every day. Yeah. Now, you're talking about environment. They're in the academic environment and they have to nurture this and they have to go people like... We all put limits on ourselves, but you have to have someone looking out for you as if it's your mom. Yeah. Now, my parents were always supporting, but sure. like this was just at this moment just resonated with me my whole life. Why? We, Why her? Why her? What, what, what do you think was the reason? I mean, cause because I'm sure you've heard it from a couple other people, teachers. Why her? Because how she, she was, approached you was it genuine? Just because. Oh, it was for genuine. sure. Everyone hated her. But because she kept it real, she would call people out and she would say stuff. Firm, but fair. Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, it came to the point when she just pulled me to a side and the whole, her demeanor changed, her body language changed. I'm really attuned to body language and I could feel it. And what she was saying was like from the heart. Yeah. And that was totally different because someone that wasn't my parents, because at that time, your parents are just annoying. You know, you're a teenager. You You knew everything. Exactly. (laughs) So this person didn't have any reason to tell me this, but yet she took time out of her day, which was minuscule for her, but changed my life. So environment. She she burned the school, but she facilitated the the environment for me to see, wow, I do have potential. Maybe I just got to do something about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd never forget that moment. It was big. So, so the moment that I was talking about was in second grade, and it was in, in, um, it was in the school system where it was a complete opposite, where I had a teacher tearing me down and, and telling me I wasn't anything, basically. And, and so was trying to fail me based off of it was bi- illegitimate reasons. Anyway, long story short, my mom comes in hires a tutor I don't, Goose, I don't know if you remember she yeah, bought a no. desk for our house had me you know and I felt like a dummy like genuinely felt like a dummy 
um, because I was like, wow, I got to do a lot of extra stuff here. Like, this is crazy. Like, just a, I felt like I had to prove myself. Mm-hmm. And she did all that. The results were not in, nothing. And I remember her sitting me, sitting me down and says, uh, you might have to do second grade over again. And I remember, like, just asking, I'm like, why? Like, I'm, I, I know for a fact I do everything everyone else is doing. My grades weren't that bad to, like, completely flunk me. Um, I, I just wasn't understanding. And she goes, well, you know, I, I just want to put this in, your, in the back of your mind just in case, you know, whatever. I'm going to fight for you to, you know, move on to the next grade, whatever. So finally we get, like, a state-approved test that I took, like a private test or whatever, we gave the result. The results came in, submitted to the principals, the principal, my mom, this teacher, the tutor, all these people sitting around some boardroom and said, there's there's literally no reason why this kid should be held back. Second grade, he's doing reading and math at a sixth grade level. Um, and so from there on, it was just uh, my belief in my mom more. Anything she said was like gold to me. And then it was kind of the same thing for me, sixth grade, I had a teacher by the name of Miss Ryan. I don't know if any of you guys remember Miss <laughs> Ryan. Miss mm-hmm. Ryan, um, who by trade was really like an art teacher. So she had this funky way of teaching. Mm, she was quirky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she she would say stuff to me. Um, this was like, this is the, the same year I wrote that book, The Lion Queen, mm. um, that I swore was not The Lion King. <laughs> um, and she, <laughs> she was one of the ones who pulled me aside. She was like, you're so much more creative than this. The way, the same thing. She's like, your demeanor, the way you act. I see you're doodling while you're, you know, while I'm teaching. Um, and your artwork is pretty good. So when she started talking to me, she's like, you realize everything you do um, is going to affect your future. Dude, I took that to heart. I'm like, wow. And from then on, I, I was an honor student from sixth grade all the way up through uh, my senior year. Um, but it, it is. If, if none of that little stuff happened, and I think that happened for a reason, obviously, um, but our environment is huge. It is absolutely huge. And not all of us are, you know, fortunate to have, you know, positive environments. But if, if you have that one person who is speaking life into you or speaking some level of like positivity, um, you know, for your growth, you, whether you realize it or not, whether you think it's annoying, whether it does not matter, it's doing something to your subconscious mind. And a lot of times our parents tell us, tell us things, a million times actually. We just, it's, but the problem is, I think as a kid, is that's also the same person who's telling you, you can't sleep over your best friend's house. Mm-hmm. You have to be here by this time. No, you cannot get a cell phone. I'm not paying for that. It's that same person, but they're also dropping gems along the way mm-hmm. that we don't appreciate. And I think that's the reason why we don't appreciate because we're being told a bunch of other stuff sure. amongst the mush. That when a Miss you know Q comes up and says something or a Miss Ryan comes up and says something, it's more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And we hold that a little bit more near and dear. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And I got one of you for uh, against me, a, like a dream killer. Yeah. This was the guy everyone, he. it was important for this college professor that everyone like him. And it's so weird. He said, hmm. are you really going to go to grad school? Because I don't think you can do it based off what you're doing in my classroom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? It's like really early in the semester too and like you it's know so odd. And you this never know what a strange thing to say and you know what which is fine like if you thought my work wasn't adequate but you never know what people are going through yeah, yeah, you right, never right, know what right, people right. are going through so and i thought that was percent. crazy so when i got to my master's program i was hungry and you know 
I get the haters. You know, that was he was what yeah. I was in my head. Yeah. So not only did you I get my master's. serious? Oh, he was dead serious, for sure. Because he was considering, he's like, I'm going to have to fail. Hold on, did, did he think he was helping you to try to no. save you? Or no. he was just being a no, jerk? No, not at all. It. No, remember, I could tell you every body language. Right. And he was dead serious. Like... So in class, yeah, but dead yeah. serious, but in that's with, such a with weird like thing to say to somebody, genuine trying to help you. No, or was I just believe being, he was just kind of trying to. Oh, stifle on what my level dreams. though? I'm very curious. On like on what level? Because you, you, first you started off the comment saying he, there's a guy who who was very important for him to, for people to mm-hmm. like him. On what level is it that was he trying to get? It's so uh, odd. I don't know. Because I was always cordial and, and you know, polite. There was no right, reason right, to right. go up and to be like that and disrespectful mm-hmm. to any college student. You know, like I said, you never know what people are going through. Right. But he made it a point to say that to me. And like, I don't think he's ever said anything to, like that to anyone else. So, so, so not then, only did I get my master's degree, but I did it in a year. Like, yeah. So I was hustling. Yeah. So it, it, did it change you? Like, were you hurt at first? You had to be hurt. Oh, of course just distraught because it's the guy everyone wants to like and he is a likable guy right and then when he says that to you out of the blue like wow i'm just very curious like love to get into this guy's brain for that you know particular moment what does he benefit from that is like like does he does he really think that like i'm so confused he i believe wholeheartedly he does he because he's in a college town and the college environment and all he knows is academia yeah. so being smart or so to speak is very important to him and you know he says somewhat power in that world you know he controls grades and you know yeah. influence believes he's influencing kids and then he did the opposite with me which actually in that moment in time was extremely helpful yeah in my pursuit oh he gave you motivation oh absolutely and, and i've never had someone go against me so blatantly that's awesome. Which was an interesting considering I'm an adult learner at this point. Yeah, maybe 19, 20 years old or whatever it was, but still, I'm not a little kid anymore, you know? So, so in your opinion, why do we set limits on ourselves? I think people are genuinely afraid to be successful. Yeah. And I think it's as simple as that, but in that same statement, it's extremely complex. Sure. I mean, who... What comes, I mean, I hate to use a Spider-Man quote, but with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility. Yeah, and it yeah. comes to when the more you do and the more successful, it involves more. It's like the, the more you get paid, the more responsibility comes with the job. And not everyone has, has the guts to go do that or get what they want. Yeah. So, I mean, it comes down to it. I really get yeah, You just got to want to do it. And I hate to use that, but the potential is there for everyone, but you got to do it. Oh, it's so hard. Seems to like the formula is so simple, right? But Just it's not. Do it, I know, right? but it's but not, it's not at, at all. At the same time. Well, no, no, no. So sometimes, I mean, sometimes things are that simple. It's not easy, right? No, but right. it is simple. It's as simple Touché. as getting up at five thirty every morning, doing your workout, doing, and having you know, uh, success habits, so to speak. But it's definitely not easy. No, not by um, any means. And I, I do think there is something, you know, to what you just said. There's something to be said about. Um, the responsibility part when someone starts something because they're like, oh gosh, if I start, you know, becoming, you know, like a healthy eater or working out, now I have to live up to this thing because who the heck gives up in the first week kind of thing. So there's, I think we put pressure on ourselves to live up to this thing and, and, and put that limit, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, some people use these things, even if they don't mean to, as, like, a way to get out of the things. So, yeah. 
I, they don't mean to do it, but like if they say it, all right, then they have a, a way out. But yeah. like, so for example, statistics show as it pertains to healthy living or lifestyles, the most successful people don't tell a soul they're doing it and they just do it. Right. Because when I tell Gabe, I'm going on this crazy new diet, you know, low carb, you know, I'm, I'm just going to eat air for the next three weeks. Yeah. And then the first sandwich I have in my, he's low key judging me. Yeah. It's not his fault. It's just human nature. Very judgmental. But this like, <laughs> but like it, it is, you're, right. yeah. you're absolutely right. You know, the first person be like, Oh, then, I thought you yeah. were on a diet. Then you're scrutinizing everything. Exactly. And then unintentionally. Exactly. And I don't really, that's it's just the way that people are too. You don't mean to do it, but it's just the way it goes. Yeah, I, I, one, and another thing I think that's huge is people do not, most people do not like change. And, and, and there's just this hard, I don't even know, this like block, this wall, something's there. Where it's like, oh, Lord, we genuinely like comfort. Um, and and w- the second something comes and is going to change that, um, I actually just read today, I forget what it was, one of these um, success, you know, IG handles and they wrote like you know Will Smith's eight tips to success or to live a you know successful slash happy life um, and one of them is to become basically comfortable with change or embrace it mm-hmm. um, and I do believe the people who make the biggest difference in the world are the ones that embrace change mm-hmm. awkwardness tough conversations um, tough situation. It's those people. It, it's and 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 there was something that was said. You know, um, whether it's your ability or or uh, you're you're willing to do something, most people aren't. So that's what your income is gonna tell is gonna say. So mm-hmm. when, when you start a business, you do something. Most people aren't. Most people just want a paycheck and be comfortable yeah. and have, you know, uh, their little retirement plan. And that's you know that's that. Right. They just walk out the door and it works done. Right. But the mindset of an entrepreneur is totally different where it's it's scary every day or there's just like just thought or this worry in the back of your mind like, oh, Lord, is this going to work out? What are we doing this week? What are we doing today? How is this? You know, what you know, what's my clientele going to look like? All these questions day in and day out. But then there's a reason why there's that separation in number one income mindset, a bunch of stuff. Um, and then again, obviously, you're going to have like your naturally gifted people who also fine tune that. Mm-hmm. Hence, you know, artists, athletes, things of, of that nature. But I think we all have that. It's just a matter of embracing it and sharpening our tool. So those things are very physical, um, like an athlete. Like there's these guys that are, you know, chiseled like greek gods out of birth and it's like dude i can't lord knows i cannot compete with that hands down like this dude's already started there and then he's enhancing it right and then he's working out and he's eating healthy it's like i have no shot at competing with that right or no matter how bad i try you know how great i sing in the shower i'm not going to be you know you know whoever the greatest singer is of our time currently whatever um, but there's people who already can sing and they're taking vocal lessons and they're, you know, you know, drinking honey or whatever every day, whatever they do. Um, I think we all have that. We just have to recognize what it is for ourselves. I'm not saying we're singers. I'm not saying we're athletes. But there's something I feel that we have or that we can embrace or sharpen um, that it will separate us from the pack. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny that you mentioned change. So one of my favorite quotes, and for all y'all, all your listeners out there, I am the Michael Scott of quotes, and I'm awful at quotes. <laughs> but Bruce Lee has a quote, and he just says, "Be water, yeah. be water, my friend," and just pretty much go with the flow as mm-hmm. best you can. If you're gonna flow over something, just go through it. If you're gonna go around it, you know whatever gets you there. But if you're just stuck in a straight line, most likely there's going to be hurdles. But if you can get around it, over it, through it, under it, whatever you got to do, you have to do. Yeah. And that's literally what I did as I went through school. And I keep bringing up school because, as I said, my whole life I've been in college for yeah. the most part. So I've been there. I've had to like, oh, yeah, I really want to go out, but I got to adjust. Like I have a big test tomorrow. for, And, you know, someone in college, that's a big deal. Like yeah, you miss yeah. out on something. You, get, yeah. you live through FOMO. Like you don't want to miss anything. Yeah. So just getting there and, and adapting to everything and being a nurse, I literally lived change by the minute. You yeah. think you're good, someone's good and all of a sudden they're coding and it's a whole different, someone's life <laughs> right. is in yeah. your hand. So as I feel as foreign as like adapting is, I didn't realize how much it was entrenched in my professional life that I yeah. had to learn. And that is a tough thing to do. And I get people why they're fear change. I have old, old couples and this is my fitness world. They live the same life, you know, Wednesday spaghetti, you know, Thursday's pizza night, you know, for 50 years. And then when they both have high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, that change is not coming easy. No. Yeah. And people are afraid to do it. Right. Because it's and not only is it hard, but, it, you know, it makes their sickness real. Mm. If they really like, all right, well, I have to change because if not, like, I'm going to go blind or I'm going to lose feet or feeling in my feet because I'm diabetic now. Mm-hmm. So change is. I think we underplay of how significant it is in our day-to-day things and what we decide to do, for sure. I love it. Um, in your opinion, why do you think people get down on themselves? Um, and I say this because I feel like once you start, so now a person's going to take this like, all right, I'm going to embrace change. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do this. Um, it's kind of a setup question, but... None of the X, Y, and Z doesn't happen. Like, oh, I'm here. I am back at eating, you know, spaghetti on Wednesdays and you know, tacos on Tuesdays. Like, I should. I know darn well I should be eating better. Um, but here I am again. Um, why is it that during that process people get down on themselves? I'll ask you, and then I'll say my I th- what my reasoning. What I, mean, I think people get down on themselves because we're in. Uh, uh, give me a pill, society. Mm-hmm. I want it yesterday mm-hmm. and I want, it, I want it to work now. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard. And depending on what your goals are, you, if you don't see results, you're just going to upset you. So in my fitness world, we never say look at the scale because the scale is so deceiving. Mm-hmm. Right. It's body composition. How do your jeans feel? How do your shirts feel now? Mm-hmm. You know, you're also gaining muscle simultaneously as you're losing like body fat right so the scale may you may gain five pounds but you're stronger you're leaner you know so when people don't see it then they're like ah, well it's not working forget it i'm I'm out you check out boom done and that's it and then that's it it's over and the the, the door shut yeah it's not getting open again yeah you know and i'm sure that's just for that and that's just health let alone anything else i'm sure there's stand-up comedians that show up and get booed and they never go back on stage even mm-hmm. though they're funny mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. won't ever go back because they're afraid to get that boo again yeah and I'm, i've heard you make references to comedians a million times absolutely because it's such a good and difficult profession mm-hmm. absolutely you know you really have to persevere yeah you're right yeah. there 
and and the tr- what they always say is the truth is right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether that crowd likes you, whether your jokes are good or not, it still depends on if that crowd likes you. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have the heckler. Oh yeah. Um, to piggyback on wh- on what you're saying, because I agree, um, is a lot of it too. Uh, and I believe whether it's expectations that people put on us or our own expectations, um, whether they're realistic or not, and I. Th- genuinely believe a lot of our expectations are not realistic which leads to leads to frustration which leads to us quote getting down on ourselves mm-hmm. um i think that you know the person that health wise let's just say that they're um clinically they literally need to lose 50 pounds it's not it's not a looks thing it's a health issue mm-hmm. it's like dude you gotta drop 50 pounds um if someone were to tell me that and then I put the expectation of I'm going to lose 50 pounds by next week, sure. right? Mm-hmm. That 9,000% will not happen, number one, in a, in a very natural way, I should say. Um, and then Friday comes, it's the end of the week, and I lost four pounds, which genuinely speaking is great because every other week I was putting on four pounds. Mm-hmm. But it didn't yeah. meet my expectations. And sure. even though, as you're saying, there was growth I'm down on myself because my expectations were this and I came here um, and it's not even close. You know what? Forget the 50 pounds. Uh, I'm good. Now Now I need, you know, 47 pounds or whatever it is, 46 pounds down. I'm good. Um, I'm not even doing this. It's not worth it. This is way too hard. Yeah. And then to run it back with environment, what are you looking at on your social media? Are you, are you following Instagram people who are perfect quote unquote bodies and fit but not taking into account photoshop and all these other things Mm, so all right i'm gonna go on my fitness journey again just bringing up health and then i don't look like these women or this men they're out boom done Mm -hmm. because it's just not what they want you know just bringing back the environment aspect to it and there's multiple layers of all of this and we can only scratch the surface in this this short amount of time but i mean in the end you got to set yourself up for success. Go and think you're going to come in with a six pack abs in three weeks. That's crazy. You can do all the sit ups in the world, but you know, it's not going to happen. So it's just hard. You're putting yourself on a pedestal and you're, and you're going hard early and then it's over. Then it's done. How much do you think that people, everybody talks nowadays is like dream big dream. You know, the biggest goals you could ever put in front of you is what you should be shooting for. Right. But, you know, just in the fitness aspect, you're you're looking at six pack, and that's your goal. It's like, yeah, that's the long term. But people seem to forget the short term. It's those little bumps. It's it's the five pounds. Mm-hmm. It's the ten pounds. It's the fifteen pounds to get there. They want you know. You're they're looking at the finish line, and they've barely even started the race. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Meanwhile, you're get you know a quarter of the way through, and you kind of give up because you're not at the finish line. It's it, it's to me, it's such a difficult. Uh, I guess it's a catch-22. Like, yeah, that is the big goal. But at the same time, there has to be a whole bunch of little goals to get there. I think there's something to be said, which I think is not really technically taught enough, is the appreciation of incremental growth. Mm-hmm. And if you can appreciate the small things, yep. the three pounds in one week, mm-hmm. that's fantastic yeah. for anybody. I don't care what anybody says. Dude, you lost three pounds in, in one week. That's crazy. That's right. awesome. Good right. for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep doing that, and in two, three months, you're like almost halfway at your goal, mm-hmm. and in half of a year, it's po- it's very, 
in a healthy way, it's very possible to hit that 50 pounds. Right. Not saying that everyone's going to do it. Not right. saying that everyone's body type is the same and it's even possible. But it's likely. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what. If you lost 43, are you going to be mad? Right? No, you're going to be more yeah. motivated. Mm-hmm. It's the celebration of the incremental growth mm-hmm. and the little wins, I think, is so underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, the sacrifice, the grind, the love of the grind. 1,000%. Goose, you think you'd have all this when you first started being a barber? No, uh, no. I mean, no. You, can, you can give a snippet of your career. And I've seen the, I did, I'm not in your shoes, but I've seen the, if you're talking incremental growth. So, so, yeah. so, so uh, we are working on our visuals for this podcast. But for those of us who cannot see, uh, Danny's talking about this, uh, this beautiful barbershop. We are now holding the podcast in here, 105 Mark Street, Bristol, PA. It's gorgeous, huge, massive uh, 20-foot ceilings. I don't even know how tall that is. I just took a guesstimate. It looks about that. Yeah. Um, Good guess. Good guess. It's a good guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just beautiful beams going across the ceiling. Gorgeous. And he started out, you know, obviously as an employee and then started out in a very tiny, tiny... 300 square 300 foot. 300 square foot uh, barbershop to, you know, what, I don't know it's what like this is. So that's that was a reference. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no problem. That was a reference. But yeah, but like, I see it as like he's my family and I've seen this little yeah. by little and... If you, you don't if you don't personally know Goose, every day is like a twelve hour day. Yeah. You know. It's the love of the craft, the love of the grind. You know, and then now he's here. I mean, talking to you what, eighteen, nineteen years old, this is a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. This is what people dream for, have their own shop, let alone this beautiful. Yeah, and it's like what what you were saying, it's like um some people right now they're that are in the industry cutting hair they get their license and then they want boom they want this tomorrow what i have right now they took 10 mm-hmm. 10 years Decades. as a business owner yeah. but like almost 20 years as a barber to accomplish and some people want it tomorrow already and that like it just for me which is baby steps all right i worked for i i built my own little clientele in, in the basement mm-hmm. then all right let me, let me By the way, you did cut Danny's hair, I think, or Danny's ear um, one time at our parents' oh, in the basement. That was bleeding, <laughs> so, gushing everywhere. And then I was like, all right, let me work at a shop. Became an employee for someone. And then just kept just kept growing little by little, and it was like a every few year type thing. That's And now it's like I'm here. And obviously it's not done, but it's like tiny little baby steps instead of everyone's trying to do like the growth, like you just said. You're you're 300 pounds and out of shape, and you want to be like 150 pounds and all ripped up. It's not going to happen mm-hmm. tomorrow. No. You have to take those steps and those changes. Like my journey here wasn't easy. I went through a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bunch of I had to take a lot of steps backwards to make a couple of steps forwards. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It was a lot of sacrifice. It was definitely wasn't easy, but it's still like my mindset. My goal was this here. Yeah, and, absolutely. And just keep your eye on the prize, really, kind of thing. And there's there's a lot to say. When I was talking, uh, you know, in reference to earlier, talking about celebrating the incremental growth, it's also, I mean, it sounds freaking weird to say, but celebrating the struggle or celebrating the failures, it's not that you're celebrating it in like, awesome, I failed, this is awesome, but celebrating in a way that you learn from it, right? Yeah. And it's those moments mm-hmm. that a lot of times where we don't want to yeah. but that is where your biggest growth is going mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. every time if you could just think of it as a launching pad uh to the next level it's like wow and a lot of us look at it and view it as a step down but it's not mm-hmm. um like you everyone here has shot a 
a rubber band from their finger, right? Mm. Um, for it to get that to to propel off your finger, you have to bring it back. It's almost kind of like one of those. So that's the setback, but it's going to launch forward to the next level. It's how I how how I visually see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I got something with that. So my best client I've ever worked with. Yeah, you're talking about going backwards. So I my, so just so everyone's aware, I worked with the geriatric population. 65 is young in my mind, based off the people I've worked with. So I've worked with 65 that are going on 100 years old the way their body is. Yeah. And I've worked with 90-something-year-olds who do think they're 65. But I had this middle-of-the-road lady, 75. She took a nasty fall. Now mm. she's with a walker and doing something. And you're talking about realistic goals. She's like, I want to get off the walker. I'm, I don't want to this anymore. I'm like, all right, I can respect that. Sure. You know, you're losing your independence, you know. Yeah. I got to talk her down because she wants to go run around now because now that she fell and now she's got to prove to the world like I'm not old. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, all right, let's slow it down. Tell me something realistic you'd want to do. Oh, I just want to walk, you know, up, do this and go up steps, which is still in her predicament. It's really big goal. Yeah. So I'm like, let's just, you know, let's start something a little bit easier. She's like, well, I'd love to go to a place called Peddler's Village, which is like a little outdoor shop shopping area. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to walk with my family without my walker. And just, you know, talk and hold my daughter's arm and go through it. So what we did, she took that fall. I was like, give me two months and see if you feel better. And so this was six months away, their goal. So we gave her ample time. So two months, she's like pulled the walker to the side now and doing like a couple steps without anything. And then we have a cane and then we're improving and then we're improving. Six months later, she comes in and writes me a whole page. You know, she's old. So she wrote a handwritten note. Yeah. Cursive. Like, it was yes, cursive. cursive. Yes. Oh, yeah. Catholic school handwriting, <laughs> though not the nines. And she just says, I just want to thank you because I would have quit and I would have been in my couch on my li- in my living room mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's and huge. she said when she got off, she pulled the walker like with the family and then she tossed it to the side. And the family, her mom just started crying, she said. Her daughter, which is her daughter, and just said, what are you doing? Like, you're walking normal and all this stuff. And she's like, I've worked for six months for this day to be here with you guys. That's awesome. You know, and it doesn't seem like a big deal to us because it's walking. We do it, and we don't even think about it. But if you don't ever see Nana or Grandma or Pap-Pap or whatever you call your grandparents, you see them, but you don't see them every day with the struggle. Yeah. She worked her butt off for that. Yeah. And that's the thing that most people don't realize, like, it may seem she's just doing little menial, like menial things, but for her and her age, these were huge tasks. Yeah. Walking without falling was a big deal. So you just got to appreciate it. And like you said, small goals. We yeah. got there. And I was like, look, this is what we did day one. And I'd remind her, this is where we started. And then we'd improve and then go back and back and back. She was a brand new person in six months. But not the, not the body. It was the mind that recovered the most. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. That's, that, I was just going to say that. I was like, more importantly than her, actually, what that did for her emotionally, mentally, spiritually is like 10,000 more yeah. important than physically. Because mm-hmm. yeah. physically, we're all at one point will eventually deteriorate to you know maybe being bedridden or whatever it is. But if mentally, if that changed her, that growth mm-hmm. where she's walking in her mind already... Oh, that yeah. absolutely priceless. Oh yeah, and I'll never forget the like, and what a motivation ball. she oh, had. Yeah, absolutely, because you know we don't we don't we just take it for granted. Like I had not just just to give an example, that's big for her. I had someone else who was just obese. All they wanted to do was get up three steps so they could visit their grandchild wow. because their house that she, her granddaughter's house would 
or her daughter's like house had three steps. Yeah, yeah, then she couldn't walk up anymore. So that's why she showed up every day to the gym. You know, whatever person gets them up every day to get the at the five thirty gym session or to go to the doctors when they're afraid of you know being sick. You know. Which is a very physical thing to 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 highlight a little bit of what I was saying. Not to like um, you know pat myself on the shoulder, but it, it, three steps, right? So celebrating every step, right? That first step, celebrate it. Step up the one now. I'm here. All right. I might not make it up these next two ones. Step back, do my thing. Two steps, whatever, the following weeks or however, until eventually she was able to get up the three yeah. steps. Um, it's celebrating steps one and two. Yeah. That will get you, I'm telling you, in a much smoother, more appreciative way to step three. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about um, wh- one of my most passionate topics is motivation. What... Well, first, let's talk about you. What gets you motivated? So I've been going back and forth with this in my head, and so many things have motivated me over the years. So just a little background. I worked full-time and went to school at night full-time for three years consecutively. And if you're not familiar with nursing, you have to do clinical rotations every other weekend that entire time. Mm -hmm. The fact that I needed to learn, my motivation was just knowledge. I wanted to walk into work one day and save someone's life. And as a nurse, you don't have that as an opportunity as often, but it comes. Yeah. But when you're when it comes, are you going to be ready? Right. And I didn't want to not be ready for that situation. Yeah. And I think someone's life in your hands is hell of a motivator. Super heavy stuff. Yeah. So like you know, people walk in and complain about their to their nurses. You don't know what they're going through, not mm-hmm. only physically but emotionally, about the 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 massive responsibility it is to take care of people. Well, and then th- you're not their only their only patient. No, yeah, well, you don't get me going on that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's my, a lot going on. Yeah, there. my family's not the only one. I, you have your grandma or loved one, but I have twenty loved ones that I have to deal with. So sure, sure. But yeah, it's literally not trying not to kill someone when it when it came to it was like really important to me because yeah. that'll stick with you forever. Mm-hmm. So. What so you you what you picked was a, an education thing, a knowledge based uh, motivator. What, what do people? What are some things that motivate, in your opinion, people? A lot of times, it's loved ones. Yeah. So I work with older people, and you know, Father Time is undefeated, and they start realizing it's not going to be. They're not going to be here forever. Yeah. In my the fitness world, I worked with wanting to see grandchildren so doing it for someone else the selflessness of it kept people more accountable than internal goals that's amazing because i'll ask you jim in your opinion who's the easiest person to lie to myself exactly because there's no accountability one thousand percent absolutely so when i tell you do you know some people got the self-motivation to do it for themselves sure but if it affects you know your significant other, you're more accountable at that point. So oh, yeah. uh, for me, that worked a lot for other people. You know, when it got to beyond you, your father, there's a couple fathers at this table. What wouldn't you do for your child? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Nothing. So, right. Or yeah, exactly. Everything. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, and, and, and that, that was, I don't even know, I don't remember, I don't know, I don't know what episode it was that I brought, I, I, I brought this up. Um, but it, it was going along the lines of, what you just said is doing stuff for it was almost like the pain and i gave the story 
um, of the dog that was sitting on the porch that was sitting on a nail. And it was just howling. And they're saying, what is wrong with this dog? It's just howling. It's just basically complaining about everything. Everyone that walks by is like, whatever. Um, And to a point where a kid walks up and says, what's wrong with this dog? And um, the owner says, well, he's sitting on a nail. But And he's like, so why is he still sitting there? He says, well, it doesn't hurt bad enough for him to get Mm -hmm. moving. Um, So even though he's sitting there complaining, the pain wasn't enough for him to actually do anything you know, do something about. It. And a lot of people are like that, where they're, they are in pain or they'll complain about everything under the sun, but they won't do anything because the pain is not enough. And I'm t- saying this because we're talking about motivation. And if that nail was a little bit thicker, had a little bit more girth or a little bit longer, that was his motivation. And so I do think a, mot- a big motivator for a lot of people was pain or the fear of getting the pain, right? So, so for me, there's a lot of stuff that I have experienced is very painful, just like all of us here, everyone experiences pain. That, but if for me, I internalized it as I never want to be there again. Mm-hmm. That motivated me. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like I'm never putting myself in that XYZ position ever again because you know I don't want to experience that again. That was a motivator. Um, and I bring this up because I'm tired of hearing people say, uh, oh, money's a motivation, money's a motivation, success. It's like, dude, you're, if that's all you think about, that, I'm not taking that aspect away, but that's the same person who says living, being healthy is what you physically look like. That is not true. Uh, that's just a part of it, right? Just like mental health is just as important as your physical health. Um, dude, you could look like, you know, like I said before, like a Greek God, but mentally, you know, you're a garbage can. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Yeah. It's just not good. It doesn't matter not, where you want to be like, you want all aspects, at, you know, and everything's not going to be perfect at all times, but you want them all running on all cylinders, at least on a very healthy, consistent level. And you hear that backfire, you hear something's wrong. You hear that squeak when you hit the brakes, like, uh, you need to take yourself into the, you know. To the maintenance, you got to work on yourself and, and, you know, get yourself checked out, whether it's with yourself or somebody else. But I'm just saying, um, I, I, I have a question for you, Dan. You talk a lot about everybody else's motivation. What what was it when, you know, you were in the midst of full time school and work three years? I mean, you were you, you weren't always positive. I lived it. You lived it. What was it that continued to push you forward? Because it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't pain at that point. You didn't enjoy the pain. I mean, what was it for? I can honestly say I thoroughly enjoyed two of the three years. And it got really difficult. And the pain was so intense that I went numb. So literally the first day of nursing school, they say, say goodbye to your friends, say goodbye to your family. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's crap. That's not going to happen. I can tell you, and you, like you said, you lived, I haven't, I didn't see you for weeks or like I, I saw you in passing. Mm. It was just hard, like, you know, but you wake up and you got to do it because when you're that close, you're, and there's almost, it's almost there. Mm-hmm. And that kept me going. I'm almost there. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, one more step. If I take a couple more steps this day, it'll be a couple closer. But then it's the next day. But when it came down to it, the love of the grind was there, but physically I exhausted. I don't think I've gave, I can honestly say I gave 100% of everything I've ever had to nursing school. And it was a heck of an experience because it's a responsibility. And I had financial commitment outside of school. 
So I'm working 40 hours in the morning, then going to school, and then school's what, 16 hour, 18 credits, but then I have to study. And then on the weekends, I have to go to clinicals, which are eight hours, Saturday, Sunday. So after that, I have to study for these exams. So it was just every day going through it. All right, today, I got to learn this. And all I did was set small goals. I lived in 72 hour increments. What do I have to do today? And what's to do within the next 48 hours? And small things. I have to learn this page. I have to learn this page. And small motivations every day going through. That's all I could do was just literally to survive at that point. But my will was so much stronger than just quitting. Because quitting would have been too easy. Not only is the uh, financial commitment, but the emotional toll. I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to like see myself or look in the mirror if I would have bailed on that. Mm-hmm. So how, how, does, how does one... Uh, I know you had mentioned this on a sidebar conversation me and you have um, about getting remotivated. How do how do you remotivate somebody who's lost it, so to speak, uh, in a sense where they're just like, "All right, I guess this is you know, this is it. This is my you know, this is my history books. It's just not going to happen." So what I can say for you right now, like, is is I'm in that phase right now. I'm got I'm trying to remotivate myself yeah. because. It's like a dog that chases a car. All those times it chases the car, but it never catches it. When you finally catch it, now what do you do with it? Right. So all 18 years to 30 years in school, I finished everything I wanted to. Now what do I do with it? I don't have anything to live for as it pertains to school and like improving myself. There's no test to go to. There's no anything. So now I'm looking on what's the next phase. Like I said, I went through puberty and I went through all this growth. Now what? So... I'm trying to figure out what to do. So to re-motivate myself, this was actually an excellent opportunity to get back and why I'm doing what I do. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this pretty intensely for the last week or so. And I need to challenge myself. So I, I got to take care of myself. Because in, unfortunately in my occupation as it pertains to the fitness world, you lose a lot of credibility if you're an overweight personal trainer. It's like being an obese nutritionist. Like if that's an oxymoron, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so I got to get, not only do I have to live it, but I have to like physically play the part as well to, for credibility. And then you can know what you're talking about, but so I need to get myself together in this way. So between nursing school, I probably went through a bout of depression and you know, all these other things and people, you, you can be the most motivated, motivating person in the world, but you get beat up after a while. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes through it. It could be, you know, heartbreak. It could be loss of a loved one. Everyone has it, but at the re-motivation, how do you find it? I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. That's different for each person. Yeah. And we have these small instances, instances in life where that's changed us. I don't think I can wait for anything like that anymore. Yeah. I think I have to just go and start putting myself in a position to become more successful or do what I want to do. So at this point, for my re-motivation, I have to take care of myself first, and then it'll come. Because I'm putting myself in a situation now where... I'm going out and talking to people within the field and doing other things that I normally wouldn't do. So I got to get to the point where I can wake up and be like, all right, this is what I got to do today to get to where I need to go. I don't have that right now. And school was, I mean, when you're doing something for 12 years, you just assume it's always going to be there and then it's not there. Yeah, I think it's huge having the understanding of uh, making adjustments, okay? And, and, and so in, in our minds, I believe, I think it's just natural, natural thing that we all do is to set a goal and then in our minds 
plot out how it's going to happen. And the thing, the funny thing about life is it never happens that way. Um, And so it's making adjustments. We're in the football season, right? Um, Even if you don't even, you know, like football or watch it, I'm going to give you a very easy, like, you know, um, thought to, to, or or, uh, idea to think about. Sometimes there's teams um, that study their opponent all week long, or for whatever. For most part, you only get a week. I, I'm, I'm sure they do it in the off season, but the the season comes high and fast. So you have this week, and you're and you're studying your opponent, and you're seeing a lot of the things that they do, what they do offensively, what they do defensively, what their quarterback likes, you know, and 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 you make adjustments to that game plan. Here's what happens during the game that other team is doing wildly different things than what you had prepped for. And so uh, you have to make in-the-moment judgment calls and adjustments and change your game plan kind of, sort of, not nothing crazy, but it's it's tinkering, uh, so to speak, their game plan. Um, you'll see te- teams call timeout. They just want to see what formation was that other team going to go out in. Time, they saw it. All right, let's do this. And they ch- Manny, you could probably speak to it more playing high school. Uh, and it's these things that you have to make. Um, forget the sports arena. It's adjustments like that. Um, I think because in our heads, it still goes back to expectations. In my mind, I think the reason why people get frustrated and how to get re-motivated um, for me is if you can, if you have the ability to constantly be okay with making those little tinkering adjustments because the target's going to keep moving um, and it's going to laugh at you at some points. Um, And that's a very depressing thought Mm -hmm. if you're busting your tail off day in, day out, as you expressed earlier, sacrificing literally everything. And it's a dancing little, you know, Mm -hmm. end result. That's frustrating. That's brutal. That's ugly. Mm -hmm. But if you can adjust... um, I think it'll help. I think it'll help with the getting re- reacclimated to. All right, my game plan has to change. Roll out the you know the 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 map or, or whatever it is, the blueprint, so to speak, and move. All right, that window got to go over here. That door got to go here because apparently you know you know the sun comes in at a crazy angle. We got to change things. You have to again to adapting, um, but knowing that. Um, you can have this greatest plan, and I think it's a lot of times because I did it, and that's the reason why I speak so strongly and passionate about it. Um, there's a book out there called The Art of War, and they talk about you can have the best game plan in the world, but you also have to prepare for what if they don't do what we think they're going to do, mm-hmm. right? So we're thinking they're coming from the east. What happens if they come from the west? Mm-hmm. We have 5,000 troops over here and only 2,500 half our teams over here. And they got 10,000 coming from the, from the West. Now we just screwed ourselves. You have to be able to somehow manipulate your game plan along the way and be okay with that. Um, and I know what it, what it is is that we become so passionate and so um, we're so emotionally invested into something. And you want it and you want it and you have to have it and you have to have it your way. Because now this is, this is insane. I worked way too hard. There's no way this is switching up on me. How can, how can life be that brutal? It is. It's that ugly. Uh, if if you can make adjustments, dude, you're gonna cry. You're gonna go to your knees. Mm. This thing is brutal. Um, 
But if you can, and, and cry, here's my thing, Ex- feel all that. You know why? Because when the success comes, it's going to be that much more tasteful. You know what I mean? You're going to taste every little granularity of whatever the heck it is. You know, that Sunday sauce, uh, when you're having that meatball, you know, uh, whatever the heck it is, you're going to taste every little thing. Or in our culture, you know, the rice and beans and the pork chops are dripping. You're going to taste all of that when the success comes uh, because you know the struggle, you know the pain, um, but you're willing to make the adjustments. Is it comfortable? No, very uncomfortable. Is it, I don't know, is it something that you want to do? No, you don't want to do it. But I do think if we can constantly make those adjustments and admit to them. So there's, you know, there's a thing where, you know, we call it denial, right? So, so if you are a personal trainer, you're saying like, you know, it's hard to sell yourself if, you don't look like a Greek god or whatever it is. Admit to it and just move on. I think we ponder about things so much that we ourselves are holding ourselves back. You, we a lot of times people know what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. It's embracing it, accepting the truth, and 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 actually, you know, taking on the change and the challenge. It's huge. But if you if you go into this thing knowing. I know one thing I'm going to teach my sons is knowing your target is going to constantly move. Be okay with that. Not only be okay with it, but it's the try, fail, adjust. Try, fail, adjust because like Jim says, in a game, you can make an adjustment and it's not going to work. Well, guess what? Readjust again. Readjust. You have to be okay with whatever adjustment you make might not be successful you know, in this particular instance. So you got to be okay with the fact that you might fail readjust fail readjust until you get that success so be okay with with the adjustment and understanding that that adjustment might not work and you got to be okay with that and then move forward find a new adjustment find find the 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 success path that works for whatever situation it is because you're always gonna you're you're gonna fail like you said and you're gonna adjust but that adjustment might not be the one you need so adjust again adjust again adjust again until you get it right you have to be okay with 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 that failures yeah i mean i can't i can only guess but i'm assuming all of you guys have learned significantly more or at least it's stuck with you longer the failures than the successes for always, sure always yeah always. yeah i mean that's that's without saying i mean it's a driver um especially if someone who wants it if you want it bad enough um not not to be like cliche or corny or whatever but it's the old saying um where there's a will there's a way if somebody wants something bad enough Listen, it's again, it's not going to be the way that you probably had in your head, but you you will figure that bad boy out. Um, and th- there's there's a strength that comes with this. The 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 one thing I will say is is loving on yourself. If you can love on yourself and appreciate that you are a human, uh, that you are human and, and, and you're going to make mistakes and, and things aren't going to be pretty, if you're okay with that, you're on the right way. No, I do feel bad for people who've never had the experience of giving their all to something. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as we make it seem sound like the sacrifice, but that reward when you finally get something like that after you give it your all, I don't think there's anything like that. Like, I really hope people can do something once in their life. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can confidently say that many people do not do anything close to 100%. Absolutely. In their entire life, that's crazy. That that really is. You don't have that mindset. It's hard, for, like, for you to think that way. Like, 
Yeah. To never not try hard. Yeah, well, it's like when that target's moving, some people freeze. And that's yeah. it. They don't know. They don't. Know, they can't adjust. They just freeze. Deer in headlights. They just stop. Yeah. That's it. They don't move. Yeah. And that's it. They get. They get run over. Be like, one of like the dope, um, you know, concept to think about is like, do bet on yourself. If you could bet on yourself, I think that it, that will build your confidence to a point where it's like, dude. I know this isn't how we wanted. I know this isn't how I planned it. This, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. We lost loved ones along the way. This isn't how I thought it was going to be. All these things. But if you could bet on yourself, you're going to get up and make those adjustments. If if you know it's all on the line, it's literally up to you. Um, all right. Anyway, before we get into the the, the next closing topic. Our advertiser uh, for the podcast for this episode is Central Jersey Beer and Wine Festival, featuring over 170 beer and wine samples, live music, food vendors, and more. Saturday, October 12th. Please visit cjbeerfest.com for tickets and more information. Um, all right, Dan, so back to you in, in, in closing. Um, so, so people know that you are a, you know, obviously the working professional. Um, you went to you know school for so many years, uh, you know highly knowledgeable, well educated. What is your recommendation to anyone trying to um, you know manage the work life experience along the way? As you said, they tell you, oh, you're you know say goodbye to your friends and family. What's your recommendation after going through all that? Not an easy question, because if you're really all in, that's all you're going to be thinking about mm-hmm. in the moment. But you are sacrificing moments. Like I, unfortunately, my brother, I missed probably some moments with my niece and nephew, mm-hmm. which is tough. You got to be able to talk to yourself, and it's okay to not be hundred percent all the time. Yeah, like fifty percent occasionally is okay because you don't ever want to turn it off because sometimes it won't go back on. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in hindsight, I wish I would have backed off a little bit because. Those couple points don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. That's just a test, or you're going to miss a birthday. That's going to, in the end, that's going to be a little bit harder than, than everything. So, listen to the people around you when they say, "Just l- relax. Like, go do something else for a little bit." Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they see you, you, but you're so tunnel vision that you don't see anything else. Mm-hmm. Listen to the people, especially if you know they care about you. Because mm-hmm. I'd lost friends on the way because they weren't on the same wavelength as my grind at the time. Mm-hmm. But the ones that stuck around, I was like, all right, yeah, they probably are right. I should probably like back off for a little bit. With, with that said, it was easier for me as a father to tell my kids that their uncle was fighting or striving for something greater. That's easier and it was more fun and empowering to tell them, like, listen, he's sacrificing. Because I understood that you were sacrificing for a bigger picture. He's fighting for something that he wants this is something he wants to be good at and be successful it was easier for me and it's you know made me proud to tell my son that yeah you, you know deals working for something harder than you know than, than coming to whatever a baseball game or whatever it might have been um and in fact in turn when you did come it was that much sweeter for him it was like oh my god he's here so it you know don't get lost you know don't don't let that sway you either when you're focused it, you know know that people are supporting you because it's it's a hell of a lot easier for me to tell my son that you know deals grinded for something you know much bigger than this baseball game so um you know that that's kind of the catch 22 as well you you sacrifice for something bigger and it's okay because i can tell him that and be proud that you did that 
Thank you. Yeah. Well said. You guys want to hug that out? Or? Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> I'm more of a um, chest bump kind of guy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last question. What is your recommendation to anyone trying to get motivated on their own? So, and the reason why I, I, I position the question in that manner is because a lot of times people know they need help. They don't want to, quote, admit it to someone else that they need help. Um, so they try to figure it out on their own. And that is very okay, uh, in my opinion. I think that's okay, is, is, you know, in a very healthy way anyway, I should say. Um, but if, if you're just trying – in terms of motivation, I should also make that clear – if someone's trying to get motivated because like, all right, dude, I've been down, you know, down in dumps or hard on myself or something, whatever it is, and they want to get motivated on their own first, try it out, whether that works or not. What is your recommendation? How? What? What do you think? Uh, or what's your recommendation on how they should start or their approach should be? Well, in in the nursing world, my philosophy was I can't help what I don't know. Yeah. So, you know inside what your personal issues are that you would like to work on but you have to send signals out for other people to help you because you yeah. can't always help yourself with everything in life. Sure. So you have to put yourself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position at some point. Yeah. So nothing is going to be done alone. Someone's going to be involved no matter what you do in life. Like it or not, I'm sure, uh, I don't know if any of you guys are managers, but you still have to deal with people. You have to manage people. Talk to people. You're not, my, other people aren't thinking about you the way you're thinking about yourself. And the thing is, if you don't tell people like, yo, I'm super depressed. My just girlfriend just dumped me. I don't want to do anything. I'm over it. Yo, I've been there. Like, yeah. you know, cause people understand things. You just have to let them know. Yeah. So whenever you become honest, whatever thing you're doing or having an issue with, start there. Yeah. Once you accept that, all right, I'm 350 pounds. I, something's got to happen. My knees are shot. I'm 29 years old. Something's got to go. That's, that's the motivation acceptance because once you know what the problem is then you can start moving forward and putting yourself in that place to go forward yeah even a step at that point anything is better than nothing you know even signing up for a gym membership you had to go there to do it yeah or you had to put the money involved that's a step it may not work out but you're going in the right direction you have to just start somewhere and have people help you because people know things or people know people and they can get you where you go those AA meetings and stuff, people have been there. They're trying to help you get out of whatever position you may be. You just have to let people in. So start off there, knowing what you need, and then letting people help you. I love it. Um, I know for me, just really quick, um, a lot of people think that, that you know, getting out, a lot of this stuff, and there's a lot of money involved. Start small is my recommendation. Start very mm -hmm. small. Um, just as much as you jumped on YouTube and you looked on how to change a taillight, um, how to cook, you know, your favorite, you know, random dish, uh, for dinner, you can also go on YouTube, which is what I used it most. Um, well first initially started out for music, but then realized there's a ton of information out there for the personal development industry and it's free. And you hear a lot of motivational talks. You hear a lot of inspirational talks. Um, a lot of uh, one common thread that I found is a lot of successful people either read or go to or listen to 
successful people's other successful people's uh, biographies mm. because you get you you get to the understanding that not everyone just got it like that or they didn't everyone just is bada bing bada boom uh the you know the creator of kfc started the whole thing when he was 65 years old 65 years old i'm not talking about you know how how much you like this guy's chicken or not the fact is this dude became a household brand and at the age of 65 abe lincoln same thing kind of like a late bloomer into um the political arena it's it's more about and once you start reading that that builds your you, you know like that's encouraging um like dang i got time you know what i mean like all right so i can figure this out they didn't figure it out to the 65 or whatever it was i still ha i have plenty of time and you start there and then you'll you'll start especially youtube youtube's fantastic right you can also go into the rabbit hole with youtube um you start off very inspirational movie over here and then all of a sudden it's you know koala bear eating a eucalyptus leaf I have no idea how I ended up here, but this is what YouTube does to you. But if you can pay attention to, uh, you know, where you are in the midst of the craziness, start small, use your resources. A lot of the stuff that me and Gabe did uh, from the podcast to the uh, the motivational albums to, you know, the the uh, the lifestyle brand, all that stuff is using our resources. Mm. You start small and little by little, you'll start finding bigger resources. Cool. Awesome. We like to end our podcast with quotes, and the first one is by Coleman Young. Great name, by the way. Uh, courage is one step ahead of fear. Uh, and the second one is by Lance Armstrong. Pain is temporary. Quitting lasts forever. Reactivated. In this episode, we have special guest Danny Cuevas. We talk. We cover topics that range from being a corporate professional, motivation, choosing career paths, human potential, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Lance Armstrong and Coleman Young. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed. <laughs>